Hey everyone. So if you look at your healing as an equation, um, the more uh, you dissolve, the more you see, right? So the more you give up of your terror, the more you're willing to face your terror, the more you get to see, the more you get to see, the more painful it is, of course, the more upsetting, um, the more you release. It's always, it's like, I'm just going to see a little bit and then there's more and then you're willing to see more and more until the whole truth of it surfaces. You're just looking at the top of the iceberg. And it's almost like, you know, you're on the tub. The more you take the water out, the more you see what's underneath the water, right? And so the whole truth of it comes up. Um, so at first it's just an idea or it's just a feeling. And you might not even have no connection to it. Like I had no connection to what had happened to me. It was just something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And then, you know, a lot later I got little bits and glimpses and more glimpses. And then, you know, till I can finally get to sort of the entrance to the cave. And then I can say now I'm full on ready to accept the enormity of it. And the enormity is... This wasn't a one-off thing. This was a full-on sell. And it's very difficult if you have anchored yourself there, protected it, covered it, kind of made it your... If you've, you know, built the whole kingdom false as it may be, superficial, inauthentic. I mean, a person built out of terror is not a person. It is a defense mechanism, right? And that defense mechanism, unlike true growth, it's not rooted. That root was, you know, torn away early on. So, You're always trying to find somewhere to ground. But really, if there's no caring people around, there's really nowhere to ground. And especially if there's been really despicable abuse or horrible things or whatever. Right? So, after a long time, I could see, first it was like there was someone that doesn't want you, want you to see something. That was the first sort of inkling after 13 and a half years of meditation. Like there's something in the attic that's saying, don't look here and you have to go there, right? So I don't know what it is, but it's something terrifying. Then there was a slow progression with ayahuasca to, oh, okay, there was abuse, there was sexual abuse. And then it was like, oh, I was sold for sexual abuse for money. And then it was like, oh, it wasn't just a one-off. I was actually sent to be with these people for a time, for a, for a certain amount of time. So 
again, the equation is the more you're willing to risk, the more you're willing to see, the more you're willing to go into the fear, the more the dissolution, the more the surfacing of the entire trauma, event, moment, etc. It is like the defrosting of an ice cap. And the ice cap is your defense mechanism. There's a death. You are slowly... You're slowly being grown back into existence. So if there's trauma and there's capture early on, you've been trampled, stampeded, kidnapped, whatever you want to call it. You have disappeared. You're a tiny speck of yourself is here. The rest is all pretend, facade, you know, just, it's almost camouflage. You know, don't let me be, um, don't let me be seen or caught. Don't let me die. Right? I'm under threat here. I have to agree I might die. And if I'm not doing what this person wants or whatever, as a tyrant, again, remember the inequality of the condition. You're a child, they're an adult, they're five foot seven, you're whatever, three foot off the floor, four, I don't know, right? So there's a threat on the landscape. Now you're under threat all the time. And there's nowhere to go. Right? You've been trapped in the underworld. There's no love. There's nowhere to go. There's no one. There's no... You can't seek solace anywhere. You're a child. You must adapt to this place. And adaptations come in all sorts of forms and sizes. But um, denial is, is one of the most powerful ones. They're not really that even though he's sitting there looking at me, threatening me. The tactic was to make him happy, right? The tactic is to survive. So whatever your tactic is, is, you know, he could kill me or he could hurt me or he could whatever, right? So as long as I'm pleasing him, I get to survive. I mean, in the worst situation ever, but I get to breathe another day. And here's what happens. In that shift, if you're in the desert with, or you're in the underworld or some awful trauma happens to you, you are trapped by the dark. So therefore you have to make it work. So you become an ally of it because all you're doing all the time is you've got to make it happy because if you don't make it happy, something terrible could happen. And then you forget that it's something terrible because it's a parent and it's like you're so busy making them happy or basically avoiding death that they become, you transform them. There is a sort of Stockholm syndrome thing that happens. Like you have no other parents than this. So you've got, this is it, right? You're going to find loyalty. And that loyalty transforms into this, um, this relationship, this bond, which is made from the sewer, right? It is a bond made out of terror, which then you forget that it's terror. Um, 
because you know once you've placated the monster that's roaring above you you think oh now I can have a relationship with it you know I figured out what I need to do to have a relationship with it it needs to be pleased so whatever it is your the strategy you have but the original wound is now hidden the original horror of what was done to you has gone now you're focused on survival you have to put that away to survive and the survival is okay what does that looming shadow want so that I don't something terrible doesn't happen to me again and what you're building is not out of the safety and comfort and love of people that care or love or anything so you have to ice over it's like the ice age you have to completely sever from the trauma the trauma is in a room by itself you dissect it from yourself it doesn't belong to you in the same way and I was on the beach one day with a child and I wanted to it was tiny I wanted to throw it into the water I had severed myself from myself I had severed myself from the event so I had no connection to my child whatsoever she was in the dark I'd closed the vault door I didn't know her I didn't want to know about her that was too much work I had to deal with just surviving with a you know family in inverted commas it was just you know would never call them a family but anyway that's what you you'd think they are right so you sever the event you chuck it into the dark and then you're busy managing the day-to-day -day existence when there's a monster on the landscape and you're building camouflage after camouflage and trying to fulfill its agenda so you won't get eaten or die now you're trapped there's nowhere to go it's a parent you've severed and you've submitted and in that submission and in that agreement it sort of thickens the ice over the horror that happened so what happens is you glorify them more and more you give them more and more power and more and more validation which in a way is just a way for you to survive because if you don't you're going to get whatever beaten up or whatever you realize that that's the trick that works the more you validate them the less likely they are to hurt you the the more likely they are to attend to you as long as you're feeding them what they want so at the same time you have now abandoned or betrayed yourself because you know you can't handle what happened now you're in the strategy of well i've got to make this work and the only way to make it work is that there's this you know angry tyrant monster on the landscape and i've got to work out what i need to do to stop him from hurting me or from or to get a connection or something because you have to have a family right many strategies but the issue is the same you severed you sever from your soul it's like being born you know born in a war 
no one's attending to you. The, the, the you know the, the the rockets are coming in. You're in a vigilant, armed mode from day one, and there are no parents. So I go back to this equation, which is the more you see, the more you're willing to face the fear, the more power you get back. So the more you face the fear, the more power is taken away from the people that hurt you. The only way that you're still submissive to it is if you don't face the fear. So the art of all of this is to go into it. Now, again, I would never have gotten anywhere near here because all I had was this family. All I had was this dysfunctional, heartless place, people that I had smothered with all sorts of stories and strategies and fantasies to make them work. So I was a pretty hardened and bonded into that place, false as it was, I didn't know. It had been such a long time. I had so severed myself from the truth. And that's what the power of the ayahuasca is. You need an ally to go in. You need a really powerful divine ally to come with you, to take you, because I didn't go unless she was going to take me, for her to take me into this place. I didn't even know where I was going. I had an inkling that something was wrong, but I could never imagine how bad it really was. Like, really bad. So, again, the more you see, the more you take the power away from the person that traumatized you, and the more you dissolve the falsehood you built to survive there. It's really like, you know, you can take off the life jacket and actually walk on the earth. And if you've blocked it, um, these layers are very powerful. And they're literally physical layers that have energy that are, I call them the dungeon keepers, but they're literally inside of you. It's like, you know, um, walls and walls of refusal that, have, that are energized. They literally have their own kingdom. They're like the battalions around the wound that are there as the refusal of what happened. So when you close or you sever or you refuse that event, thousands of these energies pop up around to keep it away from your consciousness. I mean, you can't handle it. So you have to put it somewhere and it doesn't, it's just not sitting there. It's sitting there surrounded by, I would call like the energies of denial and they're literal energies that will not let you go in there. Because if you go in there, you might not survive. Right? If you realize at five and six that no, these people are really, you know, horrible and you could die, you're not, you know. So you, that refusal is the event 
the paralysis of you, the loss of your soul, and then the event surrounded by what I would call sort of, you know, a barricades and barricades of energies um, to stop you from looking. So every time you go up to that wall, you kind of get electrified. The ayahuasca helps you. Um, well, first of all, she is a divine ally. And she knows, you know, what's there. You don't. She's like a, a drone and an incredibly powerful Navy SEAL. And <laughs> I just, she's a universe. So she can GPS exactly what's going on. But she has to get you to open that vault. She needs to get you past the 10,000 energies of darkness and denial and terror that is keeping that thing hidden. Each layer. So what's interesting is that when you just acknowledge that something's wrong, after I did ayahuasca, these energies started coming up through me through these, 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 um, in these sitting ceremonies at home daily. And it's like it's getting more and more powerful. Well, those energies were the things that were, that was, the, you know, the barricades and barricades and barricades and sort of layers and layers and layers of denial of what happened. All right. So in a most recent ceremony, I got to the actual event, which was being sold by my own father. So that was puking, unblocking, seeing. But it's, again, it's all energy. So there's the event, the paralysis, a soul loss, and then thousands of these entities, I can only describe them, energetic entities that are surround the wound or the, or the, or the paralysis. And now they're coming fast and furious because I'm actually going to see... I mean, I saw a little bit of what was done to me, but now I need to see the whole event. So I'm beginning to realize that, oh no, this wasn't a one-off, two-off, three-off thing. I was literally sent somewhere. And so it's much worse than I even imagined. So, and I have to relive that. I have to get past all these entities that again, are the defense mechanisms that are holding back the memory and that are basically um, keeping the blockage in place. I had spoken and I think the breaker switch is removed at the very first moment it happens. That moment, that boom, that, that thing happens, soul loss, oh my God, this is the most terrifying place, I'm going to die blackout and I suspect I went unconscious too um, so now I need to open all of that vault up and see how and relive that it's almost like the last stage of the holy grail um, what you're doing in essence 
So if you've sewn yourself up, I think it, I think it, like it's nice to talk about it in terms of threading and in th- terms of tapestry and sort of yeah knitting. Actually, it's actually pretty good because that's really how they their artwork is about. It's these strings of energy that we weave in between ourselves, in between ourselves and our parents. We we literally were threaded together with this energy. And that's how we become intertwined, etc. So in all of that threading, you've built a person. You've put away the horror that was done to you. It's frozen. It's a soul loss. It's surrounded by these terrifying entities of energy, of denial that are just terrifying you, which is why you can't face it, right? So... That's it. It's sitting there, its own little country, so to speak. So to get around these wounds, you have to go into these entities, into these energies which are terrifying you, that are denying you the truth, into the event, relive it, see it, accept it. So when you, I mean, it's a big process in itself, and it's all energetic. I mean, there's some thinking as far as seeing, but really it's all energy. What you're facing is pure terror, right? So... As that's released, so this whole defense mechanism you've built of stories and, you know, PR machines and strategies. And with me, it was, you know, transforming them into nice people and making them victims. All of that is being dissolved. At the same time that you're going through this, I would say like a wall of fire, because that's what it feels like when there's, you know, all these entities of terror that are trying to stop you from going in to see it's a wall of fire so the more you pierce through that wall of fire the more you can no longer sustain you know the person that you built is slowly being dissolved which means that the thing that so the more of an identity you have built on the trauma the less power you have the more they own you, right? So if I'm uncomfortable, I don't know what it is, I'm very far away from the trauma. So they're still owning me. I am still the defense mechanism and I still have no power. The closer I am, or the more willing I am to pierce those relentless walls of fire because they're just pure terror, the bigger the dissolution of the person I built, which was a defense mechanism anyway, and the more power I get back. They can't hold you hostage if you're willing to go in to see what happened. Right? Now, you know, there are all sorts of things that are happening, certainly as you get closer for me, there's a, sometimes there's a dizziness. There's a, there's a transformation going on. There's like, or you'll get some, for me, it was got some sort of, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, you get that sort of imbalance in your ear. You might feel dizzy. You might, you know, there's all these things that are happening physically. It might happen. Because the terror is getting to be more powerful. You're getting to see the whole, you're literally surfacing a kingdom that you'd kept hidden. 
like a whole Atlantis, but it was the dark side of Atlantis, right? Once you dredge that up, you refuse to protect these people. You refuse to make up stories. You refuse, you know, to continue to sort of um, accept them or, you know, or really edit them. And you see the truth. There's nothing that can stay there. There's nothing. It all collapses like the Titanic. It's just, it just, it's, it's all sinking. So what's interesting, it's almost like you can no longer, there's no more. Con- so the thing that you built is only living in relationship to the story that you built as a protective mechanism. So, you know, if you built a person and said, oh, they were lovely people and oh my God, they're fabulous and they were victims. and uh, That was all a lie, all right, for my own survival. And I'd forgotten that I didn't, that this event had ever happened. Once you start dredging up the truth, so this whole mechanism just dissolves. You can't sustain it. It was built on accepting, on protecting them. Once you see the, the devil for what it is, it, you know, the, the, the veil drops. And what's interesting is that your thought mechanism will still try to go into default, like, oh, perhaps they weren't so bad. And it's always trying to make it work, right? But at some point, it's just like, no, this was, you know, pure horror or evil. What's amazing is how much darkness and light we can carry. So, wow, I could, I could hold this whole sewer of shit and horror and difficulty and pain and literally freeze it out of my consciousness, sever it to the point that I had no access to it, I didn't know it happened, right? I literally was living, it's almost like living with a chunk of you that's crippled, but you don't know that you are. That's why they say you can't see mental health problems, you cannot. And invented this other person to give them validity so I would survive. In that state, they hold your power. You've built for them. You've built out of the terror. You haven't built out of love. There's no you there. So when you, when the ayahuasca as an ally comes in to help you traverse, transcend, and really get through these walls of fire, of terror, and because you trust and there's unconditional love and there's just caring across the board, well then, you know, you have an ally in the dark. That's the only way I could have gone in there. Only way. And that took a while just to really trust this incredible medicine to bring me there. And she did it very slowly and still is doing after five years. Right? To the final piece of this. I wasn't just sent out to be sexually abused. I was sold to a sec, you know, an a, abuse ring, people. Stayed in some place for a while. So, 
the whole cycle, the whole, it really is like dredging up the Loch Ness Monster. Whilst there you are sitting on this little tiny, the tip of an iceberg, thinking you are in some kind of reverie or, you know, living in Tahiti in some nirvanic wonderland, you are actually sitting in hell. And that's the power of delusion, terror, consciousness. And that's how powerful our brains are, that you can invent a completely different reality to what's actually happening. That's the power of survival and consciousness. Now, I consider myself lucky because I didn't end up under a bridge with a heroin needle in my arm, trying to escape reality. My brain itself, you know, covered up the shit. It was smart enough or desperate enough or whatever enough, I don't even know, to sever off the horror, to make it disappear, to find a strategy to make an allegiance with the dark, to survive, because that's all that was there with these people. And then at some point, be thrown off a cliff so hard that it was like, okay, now I can, now it's time to wake up. But that is the power of our consciousness, which is insane. To sever off, and I remember this very clearly of a man who I met, not a man, it was a young man, who had said he had been dropped off at some, in Argentina at some point, situation was really bad, his mother couldn't look after him. So she dropped him off at somebody's house. And he said he remembered being dropped off at the house one year and five years later leaving, but he doesn't remember anything in between. The power of our consciousness to sever off the horror is pretty powerful. And... It was my survival. I don't think I could have managed if it hadn't done happened. So you're living in partial consciousness, really. You're basically, if there's 100% in a battery, I might have been here or 5%, I don't know. But I could still survive. And also the teaching is, if this piece of evil can do this to me, I have to sever it off. Then... If I don't make an allegiance with this evil, it could get even worse or I could die or whatever. So I had to transmute him. I had to find a story that was palatable enough that would accommodate the allegiance or doing the things he wanted or needed. Right? I had to, you know, this was pure evil. So that's what I did. And then suddenly in that accommodation, though, you're submitting and bonding with, right? So you're, you're nowhere. You're at, in the original condition. You've been severed completely. Your soul is gone because of the overwhelm of the events. And when your airbag comes online and you're trying to survive, you're also not there. You're just trying to accommodate the evil that you have to make an alliance with in order to survive because it will, will kill you. So really, there's no one there. There was no family. There was no home. 
there were no parents. I was just caught in hell. There were no roots. I, today, literally, I saw this little girl say to her mother, it was so beautiful. I've got to fess up. You know, you're the best mother in the world. I've got to give it to you, you know. It was insane. She was like five. To tell this mother, you know, I've got to give it to you. i got to, you know, you're the best. It was, it was so powerful. And it was like, oh, my God. That's a connection. There were no, there was no connection anywhere in my family with anyone. It was all an invention. Now that's also like, what? Right? It was all invented. There was no authentic, genuine anything. And interestingly enough, I was reading a recap of the ceremonies that you know, about 65 years ago. And one of the ceremonies, it was made very clear that I had built layers and layers and layers as a form of protection, but they had, they had layers in which there was nothing inside. They were vapid, heartless, and empty. So you think, oh my God, if I see all this, I don't, I won't have a family or I won't have roots. Or if I allow for this to be seen, there will be no one. There, well, there was no one. Absolutely no one there. No one. It was solely hell. I mean, yes, we were fed, <laughs> went to school. But as far as connection and love, there was nothing. Absolutely. It was and a complete and utter abandonment. So, what we will make up and how we survive to me is phenomenal. The power of our imagination, the power of our consciousness to survive at all costs is beyond belief. But so is the return and the dissolution and this incredible medicine that, because by the time you are, you've forgotten, you've severed, you've bonded with them, you've built stories, this is a very powerful energetic mechanism that's been built. Very powerful. I mean, in a ceremony, I, horses showed, I mean, all these Indians showed up and was like, you know, Cumbria. I was like, I couldn't leave. I was literally magnetically bonded to them I couldn't like it's like you know it's like threads inside the tapestry I was deeply inside that tapestry deeply bonded to them I was that was stuck inside of them I couldn't leave I tried desperately to get out but I couldn't because I wasn't dissolved my energetic connections were still powerfully bonded with them in order for that for me to be able to finally be released, I'd have to release those energetic bonds that I had with them. I couldn't see them for who they were because I spent so long inventing the people that weren't there. I'd believed my invention about them. 
And that was the energetic tie I had to release. But remember, the fear is if I see, if I really see them and hate them, or whatever you do, or rage, for then I won't have parents. I won't have a family. But there was no family. And that all those contradictions are what you're dealing with. You know, you want to dissolve the defense mechanism, but the defense mechanism has its own story. It's, it's built there for a reason. And so it's like every time I let a piece of this go, I'm exposed. I'm exposed. I can be hurt. I'm an orphan, right? I'm a this. It's all, these, all this terror comes up. And you have to keep accepting every time you expose yourself, the terror of being exposed to the truth. And that's an incredible power of the medicine. It gives you the ally, the love, the cushioning, the support system, the mechanism for you to go in and fully expose the truth. Because in a way, you're the one that's allowing the dissolution to happen. The medicine is coming in and showing you, but you have to give up your stories. You have to be willing to see the truth. And when you're willing is when you puke and you're willing to, you know, feel the most horrific discomfort of having blocked the truth from yourself. Opening up that vault, those 10,000 bats flying out, which are these entities of, you know, that are terrifying you so you won't go in. It's that wall of fire that you needed to survive. You couldn't see that. You needed to sever to survive. But you're not whole. And you're a falsehood. And you've been built out of terror, and that's not who you are. And you want to be reconnected with your child and your soul and remove all these energies that so impacted your little divine child who knew nothing. So in the equation, you could say the amount that you expose of the truth is the conquest of your fear. And the conquest of your fear is the dissolution of your defense mechanisms. It's almost like you're being defrosted. I feel like I was frozen. And there's this more and more defrosting, which is getting rid of the layers of the person you built, the mechanism, the defense mechanism, the exposure of the horror which is the facing of the fear, the releasing of that, so that you could come, you come full circle, you come home to yourself. You come home to your soul, your soul returns, your divinity. But you have to see the full Monty. And the full Monty is, well, I think it was, you know, he definitely there was some sexual abuse and blah, 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 and he sent me out. I know that, I've you know, lived it, I you know, I saw him selling me to know there was a whole bunch of years there that I was, you know, or I, you know, I was left somewhere. What happened then? What happened in those years? 
where is my child there? Where is my soul? What happened? What is it? What's living within me that I cannot face? That I must know because I was there for, you know, that time. Deeper and deeper. This medicine does not get easier. It gets tougher. The closer you come to the wound, the moment that you took flight, that overwhelming terror, it's going to get more and more frightening. I mean, frightening to your child, right? And consequently to you. So there's a direct correlation between how much you're willing to give up of them. So in my defense mechanism, I was protecting them and abandoned myself, which is why I was severed in some other place with all the truth. And I didn't even know I was protecting them. I had no idea. So all of this is, I was, I was a mystery to myself and continue to be a mystery, but that this particular whole entity of being was built on, on denial, terror, dark, the dark. And, you know, to be rooted, you have to be rooted within, connected within. Um, the flight of the soul in some overwhelming event is normal, right, in the Shapido tradition. They call out for your soul to be returned. But for it to be returned, you must see what happened. I wouldn't wish the journey upon anyone, although it's happening over and over all over the world, you know, God knows to how many people that things are terrible, things are happening to them as children. The revolution and the, the great, the, the incredible thing about this is that you can come home. You can return. It's like you're sent out off into space or something and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing in space? How do I get home? You can get home. And we're very blessed to have these plant medicines accessible, available, that we can find an ally that is the universe, that is this divinity, that is this consciousness that moves in between the past and the present, that can bring you to the events, because those events are marked in your system they're living entities inside of you. That past is a living entity that is fully energized and alive and, you know, you can actually get into that past. You can relive it. So it's an unfolding mystery. It's an unfolding, I had no idea about any of this. I had no idea. I mean, when that severing happened, that was just lost in space. I had no idea. So,
if you're stuck or, you know, living, I I didn't even know I was disconnected from myself. I was just a walking thing that did things. Um... This is the the great news that you can reconnect to yourself, to divinity, to the oneness, to authentic, whatever. To your truth, whatever that is, it doesn't matter what, whatever that happens to be. So you're no longer, so you think that you have a family, but you don't. You think you're the daughter of someone, but you're not. You're really an orphan if you've been treated cruelly. Um, you're lost in space, literally, always trying to find footing. You don't know why. You don't realize actually the, the monster is inside of you. It's not outside of you. People then suddenly project all their own shit inside onto other things. But that's, you know, I don't, not a lot of causes I really honestly can connect to when I'm sitting here with a fucking devil inside of me, you know, with all the, with having severed by this evil. I can't. You know, I could pretend to care about other stuff, but how can I care about anything if I have no, you know, connection to myself, if I'm completely severed from myself? And again, in this mental health thing, you can't see it. You can't see all the stuff. I can't see any of the stuff. No way. No idea. It's all happening, but I only had access to it through the ayahuasca because I was able to move into this past and, and see it which is still here. The past is here. You can get into it through another dimension. So it's a miraculous thing. And you say, well, why do you want to be home? Well, because I want to be rooted. Even if it's for five minutes of this life, I want to be home, connected. I didn't know I'd been thrown out to sea. And that I was just, you know, going around in circles out in the middle of the ocean. There was no family. There was no home. There was nothing. Everything I had built was a complete and utter invention. And everything was protecting them. For what reason? Well, you know, I don't know. Survival. My story of them being a victim, etc. Survival. I did have empathy, I did have compassion, unlike them. So, if there's trauma, you are severed, fragmented, a mystery to yourself because you're being thrown out of the kingdom. And you're wandering around trying to find home. (laughs) But you were chucked out from your own home by the very people that bore you, who were never your parents. Parents are people who love and care for you, not people who hurt. Hurt you. No matter what they buy you, it doesn't even matter. So, it's an incredible conundrum. It's an incredibly like, huh? What? And you are literally the medicine dismantles you, dismantles everything that you've believed. It dissolves 
it's that, that's why they call it, it's a small, it's a death. It's a death. It's a wine of the dead. That person you built will die. Because the only thing that's fueling it, it's this inability to see the trauma. It's severing from the trauma. Once you see the trauma, begin to relive, relive it and see it, none of your defense mechanisms can live, can survive. There's, they, they need the fuel of refusal and denial. So it's everything is a weaving back to you. It's a reconnection with you. Trauma is a theft of your soul. If you're a child, something terrible happens by somebody, especially if it's a parent. It's a theft. A trick, a curse, a spell, whatever. It's a theft. Your task is to unmask it. To face it. To face the fear, the terror. And going through that wall of fire, which, by the way, everyone is capable of. We don't think we are, because that's how they take our power, by thinking... I mean, it's the ultimate cowardice to hurt a child. Or to trick it. The way you get your power back is by going in and through that wall of fire and facing it all. And sometimes it's just a lot more than you think it's going to be. You know, I thought, oh, I'm done. No. That very first moment, the truth of all those, un- those years which I cannot remember need to be seen. They must completely disappear for you to live. All the power you gave to these predators, all the stories, they need to be completely erased so you can be returned fully home. Bye.